vampires. This is Mickey. And Jessica. All right. Um, I don't know what's been going on. Uh, what have you been watching? I, I decided to venture out a little bit and watch some newer things. Um, I watched, um, I watched those who wish me dead, which is the Taylor Sheridan, um, movie, the new Taylor, Taylor, Taylor Sheridan is like the modern Western guy right now. He did he wrote Wind River. He wrote Sicario. Uh, he he's just been like a hell or high water. And so this was his latest movie, and it's it's like all right, you know, it was like entertaining. It has Andrew Jill and Angelina Jolie, who is uh, an established actress. And then um, basically, it's just about like. The setting is like North. Oh shit! I don't even know Northern California, like in the middle of the woods. She's kind of like this firefighter type of like person, and she she was like put on like an assignment, basically meant to punish her for doing something stupid. And she finds this fucking kid in the middle of the woods, and there's a fire, and like John Berthold's in it. Burn the Burnthal? is that his name? He plays Punisher, basically. So Frank Castle, yeah. um, he's in it, which I I like, but he kind of plays the same type of characters. It, this was like probably my least favorite out of everything, but it was like still very enjoyable. Like there was a lot of action and like it's heisty and um and it's it's definitely enjoyable watch, but it was kind of meh. Like I, I feel like I could have clocked out in the middle of it and just been like whatever. Um, but it wasn't bad, but it's like one of those like direct to HBO type of movies that are coming out. Yeah, it's plenty to drive into, but I didn't bother. It's like, yeah, it, maybe if it was like a like weeknight or something, and it, you know, it was like cheap, um, that would be cool. But I don't know, it didn't really do anything for me. And then I watched this movie called The Rhythm Section, which I actually liked a lot more than I thought I would. It's done by Reed Morano, who uh, I really like. She's like, I I, I think she's kind of like this up and coming like director. Um, she worked on my friend Nathan's film, Little Bird. She was like the DP and, and um, she's done a bunch of um, Handmaid's Tale episodes, um, earlier ones, which I really like. Uh, this was really good. It, it stars Blake Lively. Um, it's not bad. It has some holes in it and like some of the story doesn't connect, but it's like still really good. It looks really good. And it's like, it's like trying to be like a realistic spy movie, you know, Blake Lively's characters, like whole family is killed in this plane crash. And, you know, she's just, you know, she lost her whole family, all the money. So now she's like a prostitute that's addicted to drugs. Someone finds her. And then she finds out like the story of how they were killed. And she just like wants to revenge her family and like kill these people. So she like finds someone to teach her how to basically be an assassin. And it's like, you know, who's using who and stuff like that. But, I, I really liked it. I think it, I feel like it didn't do that well, but it's like, it's actually kind of sick. It like looks cool. It's like just believable enough to keep you going. It, it has some holes, but like, honestly, I didn't really care about them because I liked it. And like, usually I don't really like Blake Lively, right. <laughs> but I did like her in this, you know? So I, I don't know. It was good. And then I watched that um, fucking Zack Snyder movie that was oh, just yeah. on Netflix. Um, I am usually a Zack Snyder apologist, obviously. Uh, you know, yeah. I've, I've backed his Watchmen. I even talked about Justice League, which I still don't think is good, but it is better than the movie that, you know, was in the theaters by Joss Whedon. Um, Army of the Dead is stupid. It's just fucking stupid. It's, like, got enjoyable parts, but, like, the acting's not great. 
I like uh, Batista. I think I always will. Yeah. Um, and the premise is interesting. It's like kind of cool. It's like, you know, if I Am Legend took place, but like there's still people and like it's only like a weird secluded area, like these like mutant zombies that have like formed packs of like higher um, education. You know what I mean? Like their their brains are functioning, but they're still zombies. It was stupid, but I don't know. It it just like didn't. I think halfway through, I was like, I'm just gonna go do some dishes and listen to it in the background, and it was just like there was like robot zombies that didn't really do anything. Like and Zack Snyder, like the, the, all right, and also this is the movie that Christy Yellow was supposed to be in, yeah, and he got cut because he, you know, they were like, oh, okay, you're talking to underage girls, like you fucking cunt, like get out of my movie, and so they reshot all the scenes with Tig Notaro. Signature I really like, but like it was stupid. It didn't look good. The scenes, I feel like even if I didn't already know that fact watching this movie, I could have figured out all the scenes that were reshot and they spent millions of dollars on it. Like it looked like fucking yeah. crap. And then, yeah, I just, uh, I, I'm honestly disappointed. I, I don't know what I expected though either. Right. But I, mean, I, I thought it, I, I, I even seen it. I mean, but I, I, I feel like the premise alone a, a kind of it's like oh it knows it's being stupid you know um i i i have a little interest in it because i do really think dave batista is fucking uh you know I, of all the wrestlers that have have gone on to become actors and i'm even including roddy piper who i fucking who I, as a child i he was one of my favorite wrestlers and also he's in they live and i love him and he's great yeah he's um, the best of them well i was gonna say i actually think batista is the one that i'm like always the most impressed with just because like yeah he, he chooses, like, it's like he's not like The Rock or John Cena who's just picking, like, these, like, oh, these are movies, these are blockbuster films, these are whatever. Like, Batista's like, oh, I want to do, like, I want to be a character actor. I want to be in, like, these Dennis Villeneuve stuff, and, like, I want to play, like, he's just, he's he's making decisions, like, for a guy who can, I mean, I'm not sure he's not in, like, super high demand, but, like, I'm sure, like, you know, his name brings in, like, fucking some, uh, some people you know some audiences it's just that he's picking movies and i'm always like man good for him man like he's got that r random part in blade runner which is awesome he's in the new yeah. Dune movie uh I no, love he's he's good yeah, he's, he's good great. in this movie but like some of the other like it's just not believable it was like too i also really like tignataro so like i know that like she her being her them replacing that other fucking dude and putting her in there i was like oh i might might see it but i just haven't it's one of those movies i'm like you know, it's on the bottom of my list. It really is, you know? like I don't blame you, to be honest. Um, it's not a bad watch. I feel like maybe I wish I was on drugs or something while I watched it instead. Like, I don't know. It had its funny moments. Like, it wasn't entirely bad, but, like, I feel like I've been giving Zack Snyder too much for, like, not entirely bad movies, even though yeah. I will say that Watchmen is still good. Um, and then I've just been watching fucking TV Mary of Easttown on HBO, which is like a fun detective. It's it's like not bad, but I I saw that SNL skit and it's it's really fucking funny. But it is like, have you ever heard that accent in real life? It's like disgusting. I grew up. Uh, here's the thing: is I grew up in with. I mean, like, because before I moved to Boston, I I was born and raised in South Jersey in like the Philly yeah. the, the Philly area. So like, it's like my mom. I, I haven't even watched it, but my mom and I were talking about it the other day just because like. You know, one of my favorite accents in the entire world is the Philly accent, just because I used to have one. Like I used to have yes. a really bad yeah. accent, and then I I got 
relentlessly picked on by a family friend that like like I used to say stuff like water like oh yeah, you know water. like I, yeah I need a glass of water and she was like water what are you thinking of and I was like oh man and I was like I was a little kid and I was like, getting shamed by this adult and like and so like it, I I consciously force myself to like to drop that accent it still comes out here and there when i say certain things but yeah so i i, I i'm not interested in the show just because i'm like i don't know I, i've been so i get it but like also being from fucking massachusetts you understand like how many movies have like terrible accents that i've seen too and i'm just like yeah. some of them are good you know because you could tell when someone is actually from massachusetts and when they're not when they're doing a movie like that but also, I mean, this, at least they're like, it's more yeah. like rural Pennsylvania rather than just Philly. Cause at least like yeah. Philly, you can understand people, but like, it's good. It, I feel like it's gotten better uh, to the last few episodes. Like it's more sus suspenseful. Um, and then I've, I've been watching Handmaid's Tale, which I, I have to say, I'm just like so fucking tired of it. It's mm -hmm. like, it's like, I want to like her, her direction. Um, Elizabeth uh, Banks, Moss. is that her, what's her name? Elizabeth Moss. Moss, yeah. <laughs> this Elizabeth is not uh, from Fresh Prince. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so she's directed a bunch of the episodes and and some of them are really good, but like they're all the same fucking shots that have I've seen throughout all the seasons. Like very close up, like polarized fucking facials, like slow motion running. Like how many fucking times do I want to see someone slow motion run through this shit? Like can we, can we go here? Um, I felt like most of the beginning of this season has been filler. It's just been like complete nonsense. I like hate June. I just want to get this show over with, to be honest. So I'm, I'm honestly hoping that next season's last season because it's just been yeah. not that enjoyable for me, to be honest. I'm like tired of it. I was like, oh, do we need this? We don't. Okay, bye. I, you know, it's like I'm trying to think of what anything new that I've watched. I think the only thing I knew that I've really watched was, um, uh i've been watching hacks actually um my What's wife that? and i've been it's an hbo show it's this like uh gene smart plays like a comedian like a kind of like a vegas like oh yeah she's great she is and she plays like this kind of like vegas like uh she's got, like a comedian like that's like almost like a share type thing like she's got a residency in vegas she's like on qvc she's like a whatever and like um you know she's kind of like declining even though she doesn't want to like admit it like she's like her her dates have been like have been cut and like she um you know and this the uh, on the other hand like there's this girl this is young uh female comedian writer who like she like one of her tweets got out that like um like one of her older tweets and she's been kind of basically like she's lost her television deal and so like her agents or her agent or manager is basically like you need to fucking work and you need this gig and so she's writing for this like comedian who's like on her kind of on her way down and they they don't get along but they actually really do get along and like it's it's really it's the premise i was like eh, but my wife started watching it and i kind of found myself like getting really into it and uh really involved in it so like that i've been watching that and then um, we got, you know, I was telling you before we recorded, we got this, you know, new HD TV and everything, or 4K TV. So my wife really wanted to watch Edge of Tomorrow, which she had seen, I had never seen before. Um, Wait, the uh, Tom, Tom Cruise Edge of Tomorrow? Hell yeah, yeah, that movie rules. It it was. I had some I had some issues with it, but like all in all, I really enjoyed it. Um, and my issues were like small, you know, so like yeah, 
It's um, like a solid sci-fi movie, and like Emily Blunt is great in it. Even Tom Cruise is good. Like Tom Cruise is good. great in a lot. I mean, like he's yeah, he crazy, is. but he's but uh, he's you a know, good actor. Yeah. yeah, and and it was fun, and I really enjoyed it, and I, it was like exactly like you know it was what you what I thought it would be, and uh, and um, I watched that, and like you know Joe Bob had done Maniac Cop one and two, which I had told you before we recorded that like I had done the same double feature like back in September of, the, of this past year and everything like that. And it was cool though. Cause he had Bruce Campbell on there for the first movie. And then he had William Lustig for the second movie, you know, cause William Lustig directed all the maniac cop movies. And we had covered maniac on our podcast and, uh, um, our, on this podcast. And, and it was really cool to listen to him talk and everything like that about like the making maniac cop two, by the way, is, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but like, it is to Maniac Cop one what Terminator two is to Terminator one, where it's like I mm. like Terminator one. You know, obviously we've we've had this conversation, but I can fully admit that Terminator two is a bigger, better, better. movie. You know, you know yeah. it's like it's more. You know, and Maniac Cop two is like there is a fucking car seat, like a car chase sequence kind of thing um, that is fucking amazing. I'm like, how the fuck did they ever fucking do this? You know, like um, for especially for a movie like Maniac Cop, you know, like. Um, but it, it really is. I mean, yeah, Cop 2 is, is a better movie all around. It's one of the better – it's one of those sequels that, like, surpasses the original all in all. So, like, I really um, I really dug that, and it was really cool to watch that on, on the last drive-in. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I went on a skiing trip with my friend. You know, uh, we went up north skiing in Maine, go figure. And uh, <laughs> we uh, we just watched – we just you – know, we would ski a day, and the, we'd ski in the day, and we would – binge watch movies at night and so you know just kind of re-watching um like i we, we i rewatched the wicker man and uh mm-hmm. i showed my buddy night of the demons which we also did on the podcast um which was yes. you know a lot of fun classic yeah it really is it's a fun it is like a great sleepover movie which is what it was you know and um literally because we, we were staying in this weird airbnb and i was like let's watch this movie and um but aside from that i haven't really been watching anything new um I'm not there's not much that I like have wanted to see except for the upcoming The Green Knight. I think it looks fucking awesome. Agreed. I can't wait to see it. And then Dune. I, I wanted to see Spiral. I heard it's not good, but I still wanted to see it, which I, I'm kind of disappointed. I was hoping that like Chris Rock would fucking You know, I've heard people who like the Saw movies like it, and I think that's what the who the audience is, you know? It's like are you really gonna expecting to pull in like fucking new people or like or the critics to be like, you know what, we've we've trashed all the other Saw movies, but this one, it's not gonna happen, (laughs) you know. But uh I'm still interested in seeing it. I really um I'm I I'm nervous about Dune just because I have such a soft spot in my heart for the for the the book but also um and you know funnily enough the david lynch movie which i say funnily enough because if you've ever read the book it's very you know the david lynch dune is like you know not a very great adaptation but i grew up on that one so like i have i have a place in my heart for that one you know like staying running around a weird metal bikini and like you know um mclaughlin as like i mean i i think that kyle mclaughlin is the perfect person to have played that character that timothy chalamet is going to be playing just Mm because you know the character goes from being this kind of like young young boy who's just learning like you know who's you know He's learning all these like different like you know how to be a leader, but like he's not he never actually thrust into a situation where he has to be one. And then he's literally thrown in a scenario where like his family, his father's killed, and you know, and he's basically been like you know outcast into the desert. And he comes across like the indigenous people of this planet, and he ends up becoming their like 
their leader and it's and and so he goes from being a boy to being a man within like a span of like year or two and you yeah. have to believe it and kyle mclaughlin actually does that like where you like in the beginning of the movie you're like oh he's just like a kid and then by the end of the movie he's a man you know and timothy chalamet i just don't i don't see that happening but whatever i'm, I'm excited to see it i'm gonna see it on the big screen the movie i really wanted to see and we had talked about this um the american cinematech has been um they're you know everything's reopening in la and american cinematech's coming back but um one of the movie, the one movie that I was like, I have to fucking see this movie. It was sold out in like minutes, you know, um, which was uh, the Sparks Brothers, and it's the Edgar Wright documentary about the band Sparks. And I'm a huge, oh yeah, fan. I'm a huge fan of this band. And you know, I was talking about it with a friend of mine the other day that had like, it's funny because everybody thinks that that band was from England, but they were they're an LA band, you know, like in the 70s. They they started in the 70s and. I had got into them in my early twenties, mostly from soundtracks, you know, like they were on this Fright Night soundtrack and I was like, oh, and, and then you, you know, you, you find out a little bit more about them and they had this like huge catalog of, of music and they're fucking fantastic. And they're like these eccentric brothers who just fucking make awesome music. And there's a documentary about them that I was, I'm really excited about. And I was, just, I was a little like, there's a part of me like, oh man, I feel like this movie fucking sold out because more people are interested that it's Edgar Wright directing it and maybe not as interested as the band, but like, whatever, you know, I'm glad that it's being, yeah. made, it was made and, and that people are going to, you know, more people. Cause I mean, this is a band that's like, they're, they're big enough where they're, they have a big cult following, but I think sparks need to be like kind of a household name. And um, anyway, so I wanted, I really wanted to see that, um, but it sold out. But as far as like new movies go, I do want to see Edgar Wright's new movie um, one night in Soho um yeah i i like i like edgar wright like there's i think he's like one of the directors i follow because i'm like not 100 percent sold even though i've liked everything he's done <laughs> which is weird but uh i am interested to see that too i like i like that actress anna taylor joy um even though i am i'm she looks like an alien from outer space yeah you know she looks like a, like a hot alien it's weird um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I really I, I want to see that. I do want to see the Green Knight. There was another movie that's coming out that I'm actually like pretty excited. Candyman, I still want to see Candy too. Candyman, I'm very much excited. Candyman was the movie I thought that was. I was saying to my, you know, earlier I was like, oh, that was that's gonna be the first movie I go see in the big uh, in the theater. But then my wife and I got tickets to Lawrence of Arabia uh, in a few weeks, so it's like that'll be the first movie I see in the theater. Um, but uh, I really want, I do want to see um. Candyman a lot and then I'm excited I am excited for the new Halloween movie um I mean I think I feel like as the months progress we're gonna start really getting some really wait cool are we, we're getting another Halloween like Fuck, what yeah it was supposed to come a out Danny McBride one yeah well oh, okay well it, that, I mean yeah well he wrote it yeah but like it's it's a continuation of of the, the story I mean they it was supposed to come it's out like Halloween 2 <laughs> well it's it's this one's called Halloween Kills which I I don't know why I'm like oh. so like not into that title but i'm surprised because it's very i feel like it's very like 80s yeah. um but Halloween like, it was supposed to come out last october but obviously because of the pandemic it got pushed and they were instead of like it coming out last october they released a a teaser and it's like it literally takes like takes place right after the first movie where like jamie lee curtis like if you remember the end of the yeah. first, the most recent one like Jamie Lee Curtis, her daughter and her granddaughter are like they get picked up in a car and they're riding. They're they're escaping the house. It's burning. Michael, you know, Michael Myers was burning alive in the house, and 
in the teaser, it's them in the back of this truck, like leaving, and they hear all the ambulances go, the fire trucks going to put the fire out, and Jamie Lee Curtis is having a fucking meltdown, screaming to let the you know let it all burn down, and everything like that. And it's like, okay, I'm in. I mean, I I, I really enjoyed that last Halloween film a lot. Um, it, warts and all. I mean, there's definitely some flaws in it, but I, I overall enjoyed it. So there's definitely movies that I'm excited about. Um, I just we haven't gotten there yet. Um. And it's going to be great when we do. Um, things are, like I said, LA is opening up. I mean, LA is going to be completely opened up in two weeks, I think. We're like everything. Oh, yeah. yeah no, no more limited capacity, no more um, anything, you know. And so um, we're going to see how that pans out. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm excited the movies are coming back. And, and I'm, I'm, you know, we had talked about this as well, that like Beyond Fest and a lot of the different groups that we follow are going to be screening films literally around the corner from my apartment, like down in the theater. Yeah. So um, that'll be fun. And it'll be interesting to see how many of them we can actually get into because of, uh, you know, the, the supply and demand. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we'll see, uh, but I'm, I'm excited. Um, but uh, we, um, we watched a, I don't know. It's I, I, well, we watched a movie. It's got two different titles. I don't know which one I like more. Um, there's Dr. Tar's Torture Dungeon, <laughs> or it's also the Mansion of Madness. Um, yeah. Do you want to uh, do you want to kind of describe what's going on? Uh, well, the synopsis is basically like the inmates of an insane asylum take over the institution, imprison the doctors and staff, and then put them into play their own ideas of how the place should be run, which is which is interesting. It's based off the Edgar Allan Poe short story, which is like a I, I didn't actually know this. Like I, I think last time I read Poe, I was like in high school. You know what I mean? When I was like trying to be like, oh, I'm God, I have to read Poe. You know? But um, it's a uh, it's it's based off a short story of his, and it is kind of like a black comedy. So this movie is a lot more silly than I think I thought it was going to be, but also. It's really, it's really interesting because it, it's directed by uh, Juan Lopez Matsuzuma, uh, and he was a producer on El Topo, so he, it really has this like Porosky influence in it, like in pieces, like yeah. I can see it, and it's that those parts I like really love. Um, I, I think at, at the most part, I think I love this movie. It's like kind of silly. It's got this, uh, Dr. Gaston, which they say his name repeatedly throughout. The, it's always like Gaston, Gaston, like all throughout the movie. Um, you know, he's like a, a reporter, uh, basically. And he, he hears of this new method, um, like the soothing method, um, you know, about this doctor who's, who's curing or treating these patients. And he, he goes to this, um, this asylum to check it out and write about it. And then he gets basically like captured and it's like this whole, whole ordeal. Like he falls in love with like one of the women, her, her father's the real, uh, the real doctor, but he's trapped below. And, you know, um, it's, it's really fucking wild in, in places and like really cool and really imaginative. And like the props are really cool. And like the costume design is awesome, but like, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, the, the inmates running the asylum, uh, plot line has been, I mean, we've seen a few movies like that. Um, we actually did. Oh yeah. I mean, Endless, like through time. There's like, absolutely. Tons. yeah. Like alone in the dark, which is a movie that we did. Um, there's a little bit element of that in the beginning of like Donald Pleasance plays this doctor who may or may not be 
as kooky and crazy as the inmates that are he's like basically letting them run around do whatever and everything like um you know uh ninth configuration kind of has a similar plot line um you know uh even shutter island to some extent like the idea that i don't know spoiler alert if you haven't seen shutter island like leonardo DiCaprio is fucking crazy the entire they're letting him be they're like you look no you be a detective like this is your therapy you know and like that whole idea of like this like radical yeah like letting them live out their yeah they're like insane fantasies which you know they they have a scene where like there's a chicken guy you know and he's like he believes he's a chicken and like he's just like (laughs) he is a chicken man um which i and that i do kind of love like i love the idea of just like all right well why not just let them be crazy if they're crazy like they can be crazy here and live out their like insane fantasy but then you get into like power struggles you know like it it always ends up in a lord of the fly scenario of like who has the most power and who can do what with it um but it it is really cool looking in parts you know like yeah. Uh, Eugenia, or whatever her name is. What was her name? Yeah, I think that was her name. Yeah. Uh, one of the women in there who was like, you know, captured and convinced, and then like she's made to have these like perf- really elaborate performances. Like, there, there were kind of like cool and beautiful and like uh, absurd in a way. And the, there's like imagery in this that I think has been stolen for a really long time. You know, like people in glass cases being, um being put in a room you know it reminds me a lot of uh even guardians of the galaxy you know when like uh what's his name benicio del toro has like unique things in display in glass cases you know what i mean it's yeah it is really cool and like i wish tubi uh because this is what we watched it on we we both watched it on tubi i wish tubi had a better version of it um yeah. for me to see because i think there's like stuff to be missed in the quality of the sure. Like if I, I, it was released, it what was it? Mondo Madness or something like that. Yeah. Um, or Mondo Macabre. I can't remember, but it was, it did have a DVD release. So I bet that version is really cool because it's, it's probably way more clear than, sure. than the version we saw, but I fucking loved it. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, it's weird. Cause like I, I didn't, um, I wasn't in love with it. I, I liked it. Um, my, yeah. I, I've heard things that, like, you know, the last, what was it, 20, uh, the last 20 minutes, right, where, like, they're kind of, you're really getting, like, the whole, like, when it's basically, like, you're like, oh, you've figured out that the the doctor who is running the asylum is actually, like, he's a patient, he's an inmate, and everything like that, like, um, and, and there's a, there's there's another movie that came out in the seventies called don't look in the basement, which is very, I mean, yeah. it's very similar, but like, and I like that one a lot too. Um, this one, it's like, it gets fucking crazy in the last 20 minutes. And that's the parts that I wish were a lot longer, you know, like there's yes. a, there's mm-hmm, a absolutely. scene where the, 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 the bird dance sequence, you know, that yes. weird, I was like, I could watch 20 minutes of this all alone, let alone like, you know, a five, like a, a brief clip. Um, but yeah, well, but when you really get the extent of what's happening in here, it's like, I just wish they would have gotten to that sooner because that was when it got really interesting. When, like, when the director, yeah. clearly, you know, he clearly, he's having the most fun or that he's, he's more interested in this last 20 minutes where it's like, everything's fucking going crazy. You know, that to me is what I wish would happen more. I, I the director, you know, it's funny cause he directed, um, Mary, Mary, bloody Mary in 1975 and then mm-hmm. he directed this other movie that I have constantly like 
seen like I, I used to see the DVD all the time in Amoeba and I never got around to buying it. And then like I've, I've been trying to watch it. it's called Alucarda. Um, that looks really fucking cool. Um, I never got a chance to watch it. I do like what he, his, there was a quote from him, which was movies are for, movies are for me a magical instrument. It's a way of building other worlds. And I really feel like that's that is really um, prevalent in the last 20 minutes. And I just wish. Yeah. I, I just, I just I feel like man you wanted you this is what you were aiming for this is what you were you were wanting to do it's like I, I imagine when he was like shooting the other stuff he's like all right yep let's do this let's do this let's do this but when he got to that last twenty minutes it was like all right and then it's gonna there's gonna be this dance sequence here and there's gonna be this here and it's like and it's like oh man I just I wish we had gotten there sooner it's it's um the the guy who plays the doctor um he's a you know he's a, a, a he was a Spanish actor a character actor um. And it's funny because they're they're all speaking, you know, they are speaking English. They 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 shot this in English and then they dubbed it in um, Spanish for Spanish, the Mexican yeah. markets. Even but though like, it's like a Mexican, like a full Mexican cast, almost a full Mexican cast. Absolutely. And, yeah. But Very the sure. lead doctor sounded like I swear to God, there's moments when I wasn't looking at the screen, and I could swear it was Criswell. I don't know if you remember who Criswell was. He was a um, Ed Wood used him in Plan Nine from Outer Space and in and um. Uh-huh. God, I want to say uh, Night of the Ghouls or whatever, but it was like he was this uh, he was like he was a psychic on TV who's like I predict that you know one day this we're all gonna live on the moon and like uh, Jeffrey Jones played him in the movie Ed Wood. I swear to God, when every time I wasn't like when I wasn't looking at the screen, I was like, is Criswell in this movie? I kept looking up and I'm like, oh, it's the fucking they just they have the same exact dial like the, the inflection of the way they say things to the point where I was like, I did some deep digging. I was like. Did he fucking dub over? Did they get Criswell? And they didn't. But I was like so oh. convinced because I was like I was losing my fucking mind. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I again like I I love this plot line. I really do. I feel like the idea of the inmates running the asylum in any movie kind of lends itself to some really cool shit. Like and and that's why I feel like I was just a little disappointed that it was only the twenty the last twenty minutes where I really got a you got to kind of go all out on that plot line. Like ninth configuration by William Peter Blatty again, has a very similar like um, plot line. And that the whole movie is the last 20 minutes of this movie where it's like, you know, you know, in ninth configuration, you've got inmates who are, or putting or Jason Miller from the exorcist is putting on a, he's putting on a Shakespeare play with a cast of dogs. You know, it's like crazy shit that you get to see throughout the entire movie. Whereas like, this one, I just, I wanted, I wanted more. I agree with you with the quality. It's, it was a very, I, I'm, you know, I, I think you, you and I are both this way. Um, we both, I like grain. I like, you know, I like old prints and everything like that because I mean, there's a, it's, it's the same reason why we, you know, you listen to an old record. But this is one of those examples where like, man, I really wish I could have seen a restored version of this print. Yeah. There are, like you were saying, probably some, some really cool visuals that got kind of lost in the, um, you know, in, in the, in yeah, the, the... there were very elaborate, um, costumed scenes. And I feel like some of them were just too dark to fully see, you know, even looking at the, some of the stills on the internet is they're much more clear. And yeah. so you can kind of see, but it, it was like, parts of it are so cool. You know, like obviously they go to the basement and there's the guy chained up in, in a cross shape and he's reciting like Dante's Inferno and like, it is very fucking cool in parts. And even that first, you know, the, the first two thirds of the movie is is uh, setting up for this last 20 minutes. But like some of those parts are really cool. Like there's a random rape scene, which is it's the 70s. So, of course, it's going to happen. 
or like, you know, some guys clawing at her. And then like, you know, even at the end, it's like, yeah. Re -re revolution. And like, <laughs> I actually wrote that down. That was one of my favorite fucking parts of the entire movie is the Viva La Revolution. Uh, it's just quote. so funny. I, I, it is like, I, I was like, is it supposed to be funny? But I think it is. And it is very silly at first. Like, there's lots of weird laugh tracks, which like, honestly, I wasn't sure. I was like, uh, this is making me insane. And I was like, it, it's more like auditory and like repetitive. And then he gets into this like other part. I do think it's really cool. Like, it's weird because at first the, you know, maybe the first third of the movie, I was like, I think I might hate this. <laughs> and then I ended up loving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was into it. Like, I mean that, that, you know, the rape scene you were talking about, like it's, it's, it's a shame because well, you're right. It was the seventies and it was like one of those moments where like, they just kind of throw that in there and there's no gravitas to the scene. It's just something that happens as opposed to like a traumatic event, you know, but it's like, but the, the, the thing that kind of, the weird thing about that scene is that before that scene and after that scene, it's kind of funny, you know, like, yeah. because, you know, like the, the guy that they like that she's traveling with, you know, he's just like a bumbling idiot. And then like, they get attacked by these inmates, one of who's dressed up as a, uh, as a, a French soldier, you know, and it's just like, it, it's like, oh my God, that's so funny. And then, you know, there's, there's that, and it's brief and it's not, it's not graphic or anything, but it's still like, oh yeah, that's definitely something that's happening in this movie. And they're not, they're not treating it as it's a big deal. It's just kind of like, oh, that's just something that's happening. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I agree. You know, I, I was like, first I was like, am I going to be into this movie? And then I was like, I, again, it was gradual. I was like getting more and more into it. It's just the last 20 minutes. I was like, oh, I'm in love with this. I want more of this, you know? And like you were talking about how the, the director had, had worked with Yodorowsky and it's like, yep, I see that. And I think that like, this is where he was really like, I felt he was the most comfortable in those last moments and um, those last, the, the third act. And I just, I don't know. Uh, I really wanted to, to get there. I wanted quicker, to get yeah. quicker and more, you know, I wanted to see more of the crazy shit, you know, because I'm, I'm into that stuff. Like I, 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 I love when we get, when we meander into the surreal. Um, and uh, I, I don't care if it's like, if we get like 20 minutes of like, again, people dressed up as birds squawking and dancing. I could, I could have watched. <laughs> it reminded me, what's that? Um, The Wizard of Oz, the second one with the. Uh, Return to Oz. Yes. It, it Return to Oz reminded me of this. Uh, a little bit like pieces of it obviously like the elaborate surrealist type of uh yeah dance moves and and uh what the wheelers and shit but um yeah fun. and I, I i there was uh somebody who did this and that's the, the other reason why i wanted more um i wanted a better quality is because the production the production design i can't uh, i'm trying to remember her name she's a production designer he, that he he brought in and she was into like a lot of surrealism and um you see glimpses of that in the quality that the print that we watch where it was like oh you know um you don't get to make too much out of it but um i imagine there was some really cool visual stuff that we didn't get a chance to to quite enjoy because the quality was great I, i'm not bashing Tubi by by no means i no they posted, I was, yeah yeah easily I was, accessible but yeah, I was very, very excited by the fact that like this, this fucking platform that's on streaming right now is like all has great access to some cool shit. But like, uh, I just, yeah, I, I would love to see a restored version of this, you know. And and um, I mean, I, I feel like we've we've had some pretty good success with like Mexican and Spanish horror films in our in our podcasting yeah. tenure, you know. I mean, uh, there was something. 
there's a you know and and there's this there's a, a surreal quality that's outside of the visual aspect of it like um that reminded me i don't know why but it reminded me of a uh, what was the movie we watched how uh who could kill a child oh yes i fucking i think about that movie all the time <laughs> right. and it's like and, and you know there's a, there's a, there's a, you know aside from the plot line of that movie there was a there's a definitely a surreal vibe to that and i i was think i go back to this um interview that I mentioned before in the podcast and I talked to you about um, where um, it's, it's in the in search of darkness documentary, the second one um, where um, one of the actresses who was in demons, who she's an American actress who worked in, in Italy a lot. She was talking about how people are like, Oh, I love the Italian movies you made, but they're, they don't make any sense. And she's like, they absolutely do make sense. They don't still make sense to American audiences. And I feel that way about a lot of the, like the Spanish and the Mexican films that we've watched as well, where it's like, there's a surreal quality to them that I, f- I find, but I wonder if, if it's because I'm, I'm American and because I, I, you know, we, we are, we, we have a very specific way of making films in America yeah. that like, um, and so there's a, there's an element of like surrealism to the, this movie that not just the visuals or, or the plot line, just like the feel of it that just felt very odd. And I was like, I wonder if that's, um, if that's across the board, you know, no matter what country you're, you know, you're, you're from, or if it's just something that's very unique to European and, and well, in this case, um, you know, um, uh, Mexican filmmaking and everything. I really liked that. Um, I, I really, I, I, it's, it's, this is a really great, um, a fun foreign horror film that we got to watch. And, uh, and I just, again, I, I didn't, I don't, I didn't dislike it. I just wanted more of the of the good stuff, you know. It's like, and maybe that's maybe maybe I'm just, you know, maybe it's one of those things where it's like, if we had gotten more, I probably might not have enjoyed it much because maybe you just got the right amount, of, the right taste. Yeah, you know? See, that's but, how uh, I feel. I feel like it, if it was too much, because I think there's certain things like even um, if we were to watch it all the way through without commercials. At least I watch it with commercials. Sorry, but uh, I feel like it. It would have been interesting because it is slow, but there's pieces in there that are like very different, and it, it starts to set up because you're like, "What? Okay, yeah. like sh- sure." Um, and then you, you know, just like the basement scene and, and whatever, and when he starts to realize that, like, he's like, "This fucking guy's crazy." Like, this is not what I thought it was. Um, and then we're pushed into the full, the full fantasy. I, I don't know. I, I really, I really did enjoy it. I, I'm gonna look for like a better copy too to see because I I feel like it deserves that at least you know for um, sure. For so sure. it it is really cool looking too. It's like for the most part I think everyone's on point. It's like a little bit crazy because like people are overacting, but also they're like they're like we're insane, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I'm actually really glad this this actually came. I'm I'm just. All I do, especially during the pandemic, was like join like groups and like like film groups on Facebook and try to find movies that I haven't seen and watch them. And so this one came from one of the strange, you know, uh, movie groups that I'm in. Um, and so I was I was happy to find it so easily on Tubi. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this. One. It, let me put it this way: this I, I enjoyed this one. It made me want to really go back and find that other movie that I keep I've I've overlooked often, the Alucarda film. Yeah, um, because now I'm like, okay, now I got I got a I got a glimpse of this director, and I really want to kind of di- dive a little deeper. And he only made like four films, three or mm-hmm. four films, and this is one of them. So uh, I'm I'm interested. I I, I 
you know, there's so many directors that, you know, we, we, we've covered that, like, they direct, like, so much that, like, after a while, you know, it's like the output doesn't uh, kind of loses itself, you know, where it's like with someone like Frank Henenlotter, who's only made, like, four, four or five uh, – about four or five um narrative films he's done a few documentaries like i feel like all of his films are consistently awesome just because there's so few of them that like you know um maybe basket case three i could do without but you know what i mean <laughs> but i mean like you know what i mean it's like when, when when you have a director who has such a small output i find that like there's um there's less chance to muck it up exactly yeah and, and that that's exactly the way i'm uh, Thank you. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I really want to see this guy, more of this guy's stuff, because it was it was very very good. Um, and I'd love to see this on the big screen, you know. Like I would, it, 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 movies like this definitely, um, you know, it, more so, especially with the pandemic and everything, have made me um, miss seeing stuff on the big screen, you know. Because, oh yeah. You know, this is one of those movies I feel like when you see it on the big screen, you're in a theater, it's dark, you know, um, you get you you have more opportunity to get lost in the uh, in the world that this guy's building, you know, so. Yeah, I, that's what the number one thing I miss is pre pandemic. It was just like I was like at a movie every week at least. So I remember. <laughs> so we'll see, you know, how how it works when things start opening up. I'm, I'm eager. And this is definitely one that like could have been cool, like to see it in the theater, to see like how it was supposed to be seen. Um, and it's, it, I, I, I did really like it. I think it deserves another watch with better quality for sure, but you can find it on Tubi. It is really enjoyable. And then I bet, um, if you guys store it, I bet it's yeah. out there or you could buy the DVD. Yeah. I don't know. Good, good pick. Good flick. Yeah. I'm glad we watched it. Even for even if it was just for that dance scene. <laughs> God, I, I loved it. It was so fucking bizarre. Uh, I definitely, and I'm not gonna lie, I definitely rewound it because I was like, I want to watch that again. Um, <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it was fantastic. And yes, there, there's, there's uh, some great elements that remind me of other stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I again, I, I'm a big fan of this, uh, this storyline of, of you know the inmates are running the asylum and everything and, and it's 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 a lot of fun you know and when it's done right like it was done in this one you get some good stuff i'm i'm one of those people that hated shutter island so um go figure um but uh you know this one was definitely up there with like don't look in the basement and uh and the beginning of alone in the dark alone in the dark becomes a completely different movie at one point but it also made me want to revisit like there's a lot of great poe adaptations that i feel like it was like this reminded me of like oh yeah man like mask of the red death that corman did or or i actually mm -hmm. you know i i you know when i said i hadn't watched anything um i did watch something it was another poe adaptation that corman did called um tales of terror and it was three poe stories um all with vincent price in them um, that is worth checking out, but it's again, like it just makes you remember, oh yeah, Poe is a resource. We're so used to like Lovecraft, like people diving into Lovecraftian stories that like, I forget that. Oh yeah. Poe is, Poe is great. Poe, we had some great Poe adaptations too. You know, yeah. this is one of them. So. Yeah, this was, this was a good one. I, I feel like this was a good fun one to find out of the depths of the 1970s, you know? Yeah, I agree. All right, guys. Well, yeah um house of, was, house of madness mansion of madness dr tars torture chamber find it so fucking great yeah. um yeah and then uh video underscore vampires follow us um 
and uh yeah if you have any ideas let us know we're you know we're we're itching for some new stuff to watch so yeah find us some weird shit from the depths of of uh <laughs> of the archives all right guys bye viva la revolution <laughs> I was sent deep into the forest to seek out the master of an asylum and to find out what was happening there. If only I knew then what I was soon to find out. What was he shouting? The names of the devil. Welcome to the Arts Council. Inside, it began, one shock after another. Please believe me, his powers are immense. We are helpless before his evil. Ah, Monsieur Leblanc and Eugenie. an asylum, but it was run by a madman. Innocent people were chained, beaten, and tortured, and put into glass cages. This was hell on earth. Would I, too, become a victim of the cages? This is the Edgar Allan Poe film that is so shocking 
that it will never appear on television. See it if you dare. <laughs>